This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. First game of the season is uh, Sheffield United at home on the Monday, the 1st of August. Other dates that people are probably going to want to know are the M1 Derby. So I can see that we have got Luton at home on October the 22nd, uh, which is a Saturday. I'm just trying to look for the away fixture as well. Having to scroll through. Uh, Saturday, (laughs) April Fool's Day uh, will be Luton away. Uh, April Fool's Day. So uh, that's another one that perhaps uh, a lot of people are going to be looking forward to. Hopefully you can all hear me now. I did manage to close the last spaces. I don't know how I managed to do that. Let's bring some people in. Hello, Carl. Good morning. Pete, if you want to request to join again, you can. Morning. Any fixtures? Yeah, all right. Any fixtures that stick out for you? Well, I think April Fool's Day sticks out for me. That's funny, isn't it? Eh? Quality. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant, that. I was just looking at the start. It's It's... You know, pretty tough, isn't it? Sheffield United, West Brom away, Burnley at home, and then we go on uh, Birmingham, you know, so... It's all yeah, tough, isn't it? Strong start. Boxing Day, Millwall at home. Yeah, and Norwich away on New Year's Day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, as you say, tough old start, that, really. Um, just trying to see if there's any other ones that sort of stick out as being QPR at home on the uh, on August the 27th. That's uh, a bank holiday, isn't it? That that weekend. So, that weekend. Uh, yeah. so yeah, uh, no, no, nothing sort of nasty, I don't think. But um, black. When's Blackpool away? Because that's always in the depths of winter. Oh, is uh, it? I, let's have a look. Let's have a look. That normally is the way. Just trying to let's have a quick look. The trouble is on the on the website I'm looking at everything. Oh, it's Saturday, October the eighth. By the looks of things. Oh, there we are, nice and warm. Yeah, Peter, how are you? 
Hopefully, I won't cut you off this time or everybody else. <laughs> That's all right. No, I'm okay. Um, I'm still trying to get the get the proper sight of all of this. I can kind of take it in. It sounds like a it sounds like a tough start, but in a way, that's probably what you want to do. You want to try to at least set your stall out against some credible opposition in terms of you know Sheffield United, um, uh, West Brom. You know, they they've been in and around the Premiership as well. So kind of you know that's that's not easy. But if we can get off to a good start, that would be good. That would be good, but of course, it's all subject to um, uh, who we're bringing in and uh, how well everything gels. So uh, fingers crossed. Well, on that, um, a lot of people are saying it's been a bit quiet this transfer window so far. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, obviously, some some players have gone. Backman's gone. Uh, Zinkenagel's gone. Cucho's gone. Um, what do you think? Well. When it started with Cucho and you, 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 you go, OK, perhaps perhaps Dennis and perhaps getting Sarah out of the door is taking longer than you think. And it might, you know, my thoughts were maybe it's like a house chain. You know, you need one to move to free everything yeah. up. And maybe Cucho was the one that was the most immediate, uh, you know, the MLS is kind of playing. So there's, there's, a, there's a more immediate need for them to get somebody in and get them going straight away. So maybe those funds free up the next moves well that was a great thought and then Cristiano Gioretta came out immediately and said well the reason why he's moving on is because the championship only allows you to have 11 players in a match day squad um, who are quote unquote non-homegrown i.e. non-home home countries effectively because obviously Scotland, Ireland, England and Wales obviously all, all count under that um, and, and, and therefore what Rob wanted didn't want to have somebody who wasn't going to be guaranteed game time and suddenly we're linked then with um uh, with with the lad bio uh, from from Charleroi. and of course there's been lots of discussion about a certain Mogi buyout for those who aren't aware um Charleroi were first owned by Mogi Bayat's uncle Mogi Bayat's uncle um you know there it's now run as a managing director by a gentleman called Mehdi Bayat who just happens to be Mogi Bayat's brother so this lad, uh, Bio, who hasn't really pulled up trees since about 2018, he had a very hot patch in the Slovakian league. He's then kind of not really done an awful lot. Everybody said he's got potential, but it's never been realised, including a nine-game stint at Celtic, uh, where he failed to score in the league, but he got a couple of goals in the cup. Um, he's kind of looked to flatter to deceive a little bit. There are echoes of this, of the Lukabakio transfer. If you remember Dodi Lukabakio. Um, I can't say I do. You know, no. No. Well, he, he was the lad. He was the lad who basically transferred in. He was transferred to Cholwa after a loan deal, then made permanent, didn't play any games and then moved to Watford. He played one half, if from memory, I think it was away at West Ham. And then he was kind of never really kind of played for a while and then shuffled out of the door to, um, I think it was um, Fortuna Dusseldorf, one of the Dusseldorf clubs on loan. And then he got a move to, I think it was Hertha Berlin for about 20 million. Right. But the, 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 the uh, I, I wouldn't call it trafficking, but I would certainly call it a preferred route of get them into Charleroi on loan. Don't, they don't play and then they move to Watford. It's been repeated, or it looks like it's been repeating, uh, being repeated with Bio um, in this particular instance because he played there on loan. He played about 12 games, got about seven goals, I think it was, in total. He looks kind of an interesting player, and that's notwithstanding. Um, but then he basically signed by them, 
uh, back in May permanently. And then without a game, he looks like he's moving to Watford. He's a kind of, um, he's an interesting player to look at. He kind of makes the run and he attacks the back of the defence. He's always looking to run in behind. Um, but he's got, uh, he looks like he's got a little bit more determination uh, than he has finesse. He's got a bit of pace. He's reasonably good in the air, although I believe he's only about six foot. So there we go. But the point being is if you're moving one player out of the door because of Gioretta's justification that he's a non-homegrown player, and then you sign another home uh, non-homegrown player who just happens to come from the, the buyout stable, people will look at that and go, what, really? But the proof is going to be in the eating. It's whether or not the lad's any good or not is the important thing. Um, I'm very well, surprised it's actually, see... is he going to be any better than Cucho Hernandez, really, I That's... guess? He's got. He would certainly add more, more height, more presence in the air. Um, I, I would say that if you were going to say, if we were going to be critical of of Cucho, because everybody thought he was great fun, hugely eager, is that he was a scorer of great goals. But was he a great goal scorer? Mm. Um, and and that's going to be the question. I mean, what did he get? Five. I mean, but but they were they were obviously kind of you know goal of the season contenders when he got them, which was which was great. Yeah. This, this lad looks like he would give us more running through the middle, more, I would just say he was probably more apt for the British game simply because of height and physique. And when I say the British game, I mean the championship here, let's be honest. And at the end of the day, the, the one thing that is important from Giretta's, for, for me, I, I don't I don't really get the, we're moving one out, but we're bringing in another homegrown player, but it's all to do with the championship rules. I think that's absolute bollocks, frankly. Mm. I think the important thing is Cucho had got a deal and they wanted to move him on and it frees up some finances to be able to make some moves, then fine. If that's it, great. But you don't have to pretend that it's been more finessed than it has. It is absolutely a consideration, but it just, you know, we might, who knows, we may go and get a whole host of homegrown players and it speaks out and it just ha so happens that the player they bought in or they were looking to bring in, who was advertised at the time, being bio, it, it just feels a little bit odd. Moving on to the other ones, Zinkanagel is an odd one because, you know, there, there's a lad who's just shown that he can be of benefit to a promotion winning squad in the championship and he's being moved on for... I think, I believe it's kind of one around the 1.7 million. It's mark. a very low fee, I think. It very feels, low. It feels strangely odd. But again, is this anything to do with this 11 player? Are we going to be looking to bring in a whole host of homegrown players? We don't know. It's also muddied because of the buyout connection, as we know. Um, the, the, the excellent Andrew French obviously asked the question about uh, that to Scott, and he did say no. Bayat doesn't have an exclusive on uh, on, on getting deals done, and, and and that's true. That's fair enough. But, you know, you'd like to see some activity um, throughout because it has been a very slow start. And if Backman's moving on, um, obviously, that means Okoye is going to be number one. Does it mean we retain Dahlberg? I'm not sure. We'd have to wait mm. and see. Mm. What are your thoughts? Well, on, on Backman, that's, that's a bit of a curious one because, obviously, he's... He's not going to be first-choice goalkeeper at Manchester United, you wouldn't have thought. Um, I, no, he's de he'd definitely be moving for a number two position. But I think he, he wants assurances from the club that he would be number one at the club. And, you know, the club can't give him that. So, if Man United come calling, you know, I think anybody in their right mind would, would well, probably want to... Would sit on it. the bench. That's you know? it. Is it? It's, it's number two at Watford or number two at Man United. I guess yeah. you're going to go number two at Man United, aren't you? There's, there's another fact. I mean, and again, when you see the lists of people, you know, on, on the internet of people's uh, wages, you've got to buy it with a bit of pinch of salt. But Batman's very, very humbly paid. 
um, for somebody. So I think he would be looking for, you know, if he's going to Man United, he's he's looking for an opportunity that if he is going to be number two, he's at least going to be remunerated for being at a big club. Um, you know, he's given it a good shot, but they obviously the trust doesn't seem to be there because they're, they're bringing in a Koye and it looks like he's going to be the, uh, uh, well, presumably if, if those rumours are correct, he's going to be the number one. Um, it, it makes sense if you're going to be springing out somewhere in the region of 3.5 to 5 million to bring a Koye in um, mm. that, that you might want to play him. But then again, you come back to the, the same question again about how do we then balance the squad if we've got a Nigerian goalkeeper? It means you're going to have to balance the the other outfield players and the substitutes with, again, homegrown players. So it's going to be, there's going to have to be activity and it's going to have to be coming fairly soon because, as we all know, the uh, the season starts in, uh, well, in little over a month, really. I was just going to add that, Peter. I, I think I, I said at the end of last season, whatever business happens, it needs to happen quickly because of the, the when the season starts. And obviously, we've, we've got a new coach in, in Rob Edwards and getting him and getting all the players that he wants and needs around him as quickly as possible is only going to be a benefit for us this season. And, and you know, bringing players in right up to the transfer deadline day, um, you know, might, it, it takes them time to gel and so forth. And, and the, we've just mentioned at the start of this, the start of the season that we've got is a tough one. You know, you look, you look at that on paper, it's, it's not easy. So getting those players in early and doing the business early is, is crucial for me. Mm. I've, I've got to say as well, off the pitch, um, there seems to be a lot of positivity and good things going on. I think the fact they're opening up the uh, training sessions with a mic'd up uh, Rod Rob Edwards is quite a good idea. I think the, the comms have improved um, over the last couple of weeks as well. So well done for that. Um, and also the fact that they've opened up interviews to other podcasts as well, um, I think it, it is a good thing. And also I think, you know, the fact that they've sent an olive branch out to Luther Blissett as well is also very positive. So there's a lot of good things going on off the pitch at the moment. Let's just hope that they can be replicated on the pitch as well, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the the point that we made earlier on about you know us wanting to strengthen the squad and get as much in as possible to get a good start is absolutely amplified. If you go through that first month, first of August, Sheffield went uh, Sheffield United at home. Then we go away to West Brom. Then we're at home to Burnley. Then we're away to Birmingham. Then we're away to Preston North End. Then we're at home to QPR and then to Middlesbrough. That's that's that goes from the first to the thirtieth of August. That's seven games. Yeah, I I I, I don't want to sound not, not alarmist, that's not the point, but you want to make your first steps positive. And it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, you know everybody's going to want to see, however it goes, um, you know, uh, Mr. Edwards kept in post, let him do his job over the long term. We've all agreed that that's, that's the case. But if you're going to make a, 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 a start, you know, then those are, those are some, some tough games initially looking at it. Obviously, we don't know how those squads will settle down. We don't even know how our squads are going to settle down. But if, if, the, uh, if the, the, the previous kind of uh, scope of those clubs are anything to go by by championship season, that is a pretty tricky first, first August. But it gives us an example to make a statement and get a run at it if we can. But it was not going to be easy by any by any uh, stretch of the imagination. All the more important to get our players in, get a, a, a pattern of play assembled, and have an identity before we start on the first. Ideally, ideally. Hmm. Hemel, that's uh, on the, listening to this, has just messaged me. Gareth Bale in talks with Cardiff City. My yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that earlier. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, if anybody else wants to uh, jump in, please do, as always, just hit the request button and um, you can have your say on the fixtures and or how things are going during this little pre-season. Um, we are going to be talking to Andrew French again tonight. We're going to be recording another podcast with him, as the last one was so um, well received. If you've got any questions... Andrew, there is a tweet out where you can just reply underneath it and ask a question and we'll ask it on your behalf later on when we speak to him this evening. So uh, he's promised us uh, a bunch of uh, other stories that he forgot last time as well. So I think that's going to be one to to listen out for when we release it. Yeah. September is looking a lot, a lot, well, on paper. All of these things are on paper. We don't, we know, we don't, we know that there's an awful lot we don't know yet, but more of that, I suppose, as we move through July. Uh, but in September, we are away at Rotherham. We're at home to Reading, who are under the tutelage of Paul Ince, therefore should be a punching bag. Um, and then Blackburn Rovers away, and then Sunderland at home. And of course, Sunderland will be an interesting one to watch to see whether or not they can take the uh, uh, one, the momentum of coming up. Um, and secondly, obviously, you know they've all they've been a sleeping giant for well, however long. But in the championship, if they can uh, if they can punch around their weight, they should be something to uh, to deal with. But September looks like it it should be that moment where we kind of uh, uh, not not take a breath and not go easy. But but hopefully, if we can get through August that tough period and be in a good position to exploit September, it could be a an opening uh, an interesting opening uh, stages to the season. Here at the famous Sloping Pitch Podcast, we're following the greatest show on earth. But would you like pitch side seats for all the action in Qatar? The heat, the goals, the drama? Well, so would we. But why not join me, Nick Hancock, in Stoke-on-Trent and co-host Chris England in London's SW16. Every game live from England. The famous Sloping Pitch Podcast. We think this tournament could be okay. Sport Social. Yes, September's always got that bloody international break in the middle of the hour, isn't it? Which is a bit of a pain in the arse. I've obviously been towards the end of the season as well, not skipping straight through. But for for those people that travel away, I think right at the end, we've got Hull away and then Sunderland away the following week. Might as well stay up there, innit, I think? Yeah, you might as well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Should we bring Louis in? He's uh, requested to to speak. Uh, Take yourself off of mute, Louis, and uh, make your point. Morning, chaps. How you doing? Hello, Good morning. I say, um, I assume everyone else is sort of pretending to work from home this morning. <laughs> 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 I think we're all doing the same. Um, I, saw, yeah, I, saw, I saw Adam Leventhal on earlier on. He's the only man on this entire call who is actually technically working. So fair play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I count this as work. Um, I, well I was going to move the conversation to um, sort of like how how you see a squad makeup this season, just because. I think everyone in this call has probably watched that YouTube video already. Like, obviously quite exciting. What was it? 13 minutes of footage of, like, Rob Edwards really being what it seemed like very man management um, orientated, which I think is what probably we've lacked over the last few seasons. But obviously a lot of youth players in the videos. So I think I saw Keener, Dela Bashiru, um, trying to be who else there was, Mabude, the guy from Rangers. I can't get his name right. Um, I think Hungbo was in there as well, wasn't it? Hungbo, yeah. And then then obviously, I think a day ago, I don't know what you guys make of the Emmanuel Dennis comment on on Instagram that, you know, Watford's my family and stuff like that. I think it's very us Watford fans to read too far into that. But who, I was just going to ask, because I I, I still think we need maybe four positions, four positions worth of players. You know, probably probably a centre-back, probably a right back if Kiko's going to leave um, and, and maybe a left back who knows like, I, I just 
I sort of fear for, and a lot of people saying maybe one more striker, but I, I do, I don't think the, I don't think that should be a priority at the moment that we've got this. The Bayo guys come in, and Jal Pedro could maybe play there as well. But yeah, I'm intrigued to know what you guys think. Do you want to take that, Pete? Come on, uh, well, it's it's it's, it's it. we we don't know what we don't know. Um, I've I have heard positive rumours um, around uh, the lad Archer from Aston Villa that that if if Gerard potentially releases him from staying with them for the full season, that we might be the number one choice. But there are so many mites and ums and possibles and vague bits in that particular sentence. You pick the bones out of it. Um, he 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 kind of pulled up trees a little bit when he was at when he was at Preston North End. So he would be somebody you'd want to bring in. We have to remember that um, you know, I mean, for Den- great for Dennis to put out a thing saying I am your family. Whilst we're paying his wages, he, he absolutely, we absolutely are. But if West Ham come in for Sar and or Dennis and or both of them, as is potentially mooted, and who knows, uh, the, these things are always, uh, uh, you know, kind of there's always stories being thrown around by agents and their final destination. We just don't know. It comes down to how Rob Edwards is determined to shape the team and, and and the formation and the system that we play. Because if we go with playing two up front, um, you know, in, in a three, four, one, two, then I think we do need a couple of more strikers. We've obviously been linked to uh, Benny Kofobi, um, which, which has been received or, you know, with a sort of a, a, a collective sigh of, well, somewhere between apathy and, yeah, okay. I would describe that one. Yeah, no, it, it, it's probably less than inspiring. But we have to remember the championship is also, uh, you know, whilst we're also going to have two forwards playing up, and therefore you ideally want to have at least four forwards in the in the uh, in the camp to be able to one give competition and secondly cover injuries. Unlike the Premiership, you know, we have got game after game after game. I mean, Carl just mentioned at the end of September we've got a an international break. Well, you know, the last time I remember an international break in the Premiership, I think we played three games. Um, it was like, oh, right, we're done. By the time we get to the international break in September, we'll have played 11. You know, attrition rate in the championship means you've got to have some squad depth. And I'm not saying necessarily quite the same quality. We all know that the quality in the in the premiership versus in the championship is stuck. But we need to have we need to have bodies in. We need to have some of these things done. And they need to be able to do a job, ideally, in the in the championship um, so that you can bring in a sprinkling of younger players. And when I mean younger players, I mean those youth players, the Shaq Fords, um, you know, to an extent, even even Hungbo who's coming back in. You need to have a little bit of, of stuff to sprinkle those in and around so that they've got people to pick it out and pick it up and out of. One of the things I saw in the video was him going and chatting to Dan Gosling, who was um, in with, uh, I think it was Tom Cleverley. It was Cleverley, yeah, yeah. And and with back to goal was, I think, or with back to camera, I should say, was Cathcart. And he went over and he made a joke about one of the others, oh, you're in with the senior players. I think one of, you know, beyond, beyond players, beyond systems, and getting back to the thing about culture, is that what we're going to have to make sure we see is what it was rumoured last season that we had a bunch of clicks in the camp, that there were people in groups all the way through the training group, uh, all the way through the through the training ground, and that there were people who talked and there were people who kind of weren't. He needs to bring them together as an absolute group. and He's not going to be able to do that until they're assembled, really. So he's got his work cut out, but uh, he seems to... Uh, 
a nice articulate guy. I think the video was slightly stilted because it always will do when you're having your first meeting with people and and being appraised on camera and with a microphone all the time. It's going to feel very um, uh, a, a little bit well, a, li a little bit stilted, and every other word isn't going to be an F word, which it typically is in football. There was a, there was an element of David Brent about it. I have to say, if you watch it back with a uh, David Brent eye, you go, "This is very awkward." It did feel like you say stilted. Uh, do you want to come back on that, Louis? I can see you're uh, open again. Yeah, I was just going to say this is a quite sort of a sort of in theory question, but they all the are at this stage. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a United game. Keener, Della Bashiri, Hungbo, Pollock all started. Do you reckon that represents a bad transfer window? That's a good question. That's a good question. I um I don't know. I think they've all had good loan periods, haven't they? Away from the club. Um Hungbo had a good loan period away, as did Delhi Bashiru. So I think it's important to give these players a game, but yeah, that's a very good question, actually. I think there's still time to go, isn't there, in the in the transfer window? It doesn't actually shut until the end of August, is that right? Is it the end of August yeah, it shuts? Yeah, end of August. Um, I, think, I think it depends on, in, in a way, kind of coming back to the point I just made, it depends on who else is in and around that team, who else they're fitting in and around them. Are we strong enough in other areas to allow those players to... You know, bearing in mind they will all be playing championship football, well, not necessarily Delhi Bashiro for the first time. Um, they'll, they'll be playing in, in, in certainly in a Watford shirt and in a Watford team collectively for the first time. If the rest of the, the core is strong enough to be able to help those players come in um, and throughout the season, one, improve as players, and secondly, make sure that we've got, um, first and foremost, a squad and a team that we can all relate to, I think. Everybody's talked about the disconnect. I, I, I personally, I don't care if we finish 13th, 14th or 15th, providing I see a group of lads in that yellow giving their all every week and then coming around at the end and actually interacting with the crowd and with the fans and not being so kind of cold shouldered. This is the premiership. You know, please leave us alone to our to our Bentleys and Bugattis. I, I, I'll take that. But if, if we if we can, you know, we should be punching our weight and our, our weight should be in and around at least the top six. We should be not being apologists for saying we should be aiming for the bare minimum, the playoffs. But we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how uh, transitional this season's going to be. It's so early still. And that's why I kind of made the point earlier on about those clubs. We don't know what they're doing either. We don't know the business that they're doing either. So it, it's all to come out in the shakeout. Uh, but at least we can, uh, as, as, as Carl said, we can make we can start to make our travel arrangements and think about uh, uh, which, uh, which, which motorway services we're going to go and enjoy the delight of during the summer. <laughs> absolutely absolutely right if anybody else wants to come in now's your chance um hit the request button and uh, we'll bring you in um if not i think we'll probably start wrapping up fairly soon because you should really be at work and not kind of listening to us although we do appreciate you uh bunking off <laughs> i can imagine there's a few people a few people in offices with headphones in at the moment there is something there is something just while people are if you if you want to make a request please do so um as you can imagine over the over the close season uh, Carl, Justin and I have been putting our heads together and coming up with stupid harebrained schemes for next season. And one of them, if you will remember last year, um, there was uh, at the start of the season, Carl and Justin made a prediction, made an episode of, of, of going through all the results and seeing how well they could predict how well they would go, um, how, we, how well we would go. And they came out with a grand total of 61 points. Yeah, that that's still haunting win. us a year on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. So what we're going to be doing is in, I think, probably in a couple of weeks' time, 
we would love for some of you guys, if, if there are any people who want to volunteer, what we're going to be looking for is to is to basically kind of carve up the uh, the, the fixture list and each uh, a, a, any any volunteers who want to come in. You make your your suggestions in terms of your predictions and you put them up against Carl and Justin's and we will call it the world versus Justin and Carl rather than just the world versus Carl for a change. And that way we can see how how well or indeed how badly Mr. James and Mr. Beatty can predict how well we'll do this season. Start holding them to account, people. All I would say is uh, if you look at how well I do on things like, um, you know, fantasy football, it's not going to be hard to beat me. This is true. I imagine. I imagine we could have a few volunteers. All you're going to be doing is we're going to send you over some dates and some some fixtures, and you can go. Oh, I think Luton Town versus Watford on uh, April Fool's Day is going to be Luton nil, Watford four. Um, you know, that's all you need to do. Just a, just a few of those and send it back, and then we'll put we'll put it in, and then we'll kind of trail out each week as to how well or indeed how badly Carl and Justin are doing in comparison to you, wonderful people listening. It's almost like that date was handpicked, isn't it? April Fool's Day away to Luton. It's almost as if they've done that on purpose. I think it's it'll be moved because one, it's three o'clock. Um, you know, so that, so they're not going to have that. That that that's got early, you know, uh, early kickoff written all over it for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well there we are. Um, that was kind of our look uh at the the fixtures uh key fixtures are the 22nd of october luton at home first of april luton away uh boxing day millwall at home um yeah so uh have a look at those see what you think the football league have done it by the way if if you were thinking about what are we going to do between christmas and new year that that horrible phase yep that's right the 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 efl those wonderful people who we haven't spoken to for a year, but now we're back again, have given us Thursday, 29th of December, Swansea away on Thursday, the 29th of December at 7.45. Fantastic. En- enjoy the return journey, everybody, on that one. Yes, and uh, I don't suppose many people are going to be going all the way there for that one. I certainly won't be, that's for sure. Are you going to go away to Swansea on that day, Carl? I'd be highly tempted to do that one. Actually, it's kind of it's a kind of daft one. I, I've never I've never uh, visited the uh, the new Swansea ground. I went to the Vetch Field years ago, right. which was which was basically like travelling to Beirut, you know, when it was Warsaw. <laughs> but it's um, the new one. Who knows? Who knows? Hello to all you Swansea listeners out there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went to I went to Swansea University, so I've taken a lot of. <laughs> Lots well, of offence for that. Oh, really? <laughs> I, 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 I really did mean the Vetch Field rather than the whole of Swansea itself. But Justin, you broadened that out pretty quickly. Well done. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping we haven't got a big Swansea demographic listening. Apologies to uh, all you Swans out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure you've got a lovely town. I've not been, so uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do a Boris Johnson and turn up, aren't I? And apologise. Yeah. Um, Right. Okay. Any other points, anybody, or shall we uh, shall we wrap up uh, for now and get on with some work, which is what we're probably all supposed to be doing anyway. Uh, yep, nope. I think much. that's it. Okay. Well, pretty right, much. thanks. For, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Like I say, we are talking to Andrew French later on. If you'd like to ask Andrew a question, please head over to our Twitter. There is a post somewhere on there uh, where we're mentioning the fact we're talking to Andrew. Just put a comment underneath if there's any partic- anything particular you'd like us to ask him. Um, is there anything else? Any other business? No, just thank you for all the comments um, 
following you know the 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 the, the, the three we we did we divvied it up into three uh podcasts to try to make it a, a bit digestible and have hopefully a little bit of flow for you so you could kind of uh uh, get that in, but the but the the comments coming back and the comments coming to to Andrew have been absolutely great. Obviously, you know how to interview Andrew French. You say Andrew Watford, and then sit back for about three hours and then edit it. He is an absolute minor story. So you know the reason we're going back to him today is because he's got far more stories about all of the various areas. So it won't just be about now. It'll also be hopefully a a little bit of a a little bit of a, no, a nostalgia trip and uh, and what it's like to uh, to try to uh, you know smuggle buffet items past Alec Chamberlain that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic right that's it for now we'll host another one of these soon um uh, when we've got a few more players that we can talk about some exciting signings that we can discuss etc as always it's lovely to have your company so thank you for joining us uh this uh, on a thursday morning um yeah we'll be back soon uh take care everybody see you later on you on. sports social podcast network it's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.